And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up unto me, and I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. If the Lord will help me just for the next little while. Um, when I preached this first in, in my local church, it took me three months. I think I can squeeze it in in three hours. So <laughs> relax. I'm, I'm going I'm to try to get it in quickly as I can. And uh, we're just going to hit the highlights. But uh, let's, uh, let's, let's just lay our Bibles down. I want us to pray. I want the Lord to give us, give us revelation. I want God to transform our minds. I want God to give us a deeper understanding of his will and purpose for our life. Can we pray together? Lord, let the glory of the Lord saturate this sanctuary. I'm an humble servant, imperfect, flawed, a human Anything in my heart, anything in my mind, anything in my life that would hinder the flow of your anointing into your people. I pray for mercy, for grace, forgiveness. I don't want the conveyance to be contaminated. I want the word to be pure. I want it to be real. I want it to be revelatory. I want it to be a life-changing experience in this service today. And Father, your anointing can destroy the yoke of my inabilities. But not only can it help me, it can help these wonderful people that are assembled in this house on this Sunday morning to hear from you. And Father, I pray that you open their mind, you open their thoughts, and you clear their, their understanding so they can know better and clearer how to please you and how to be blessed in your kingdom. We'll love you. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord. If the Lord will will grant me um, a little time and you will grant me some patience. I'd like to talk to you about the three dimensions of enough. The three dimensions of enough. Um, there, there may be some uh, other variations, but primarily uh, you can understand enough in one of these three ways. It can be quantified in one of these three ways. And so I'm going to lean on your understanding of Scripture, being a deeply rooted uh, church in doctrine and word, uh, so I can condense this three-month sermon into uh, minutes. I, I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm going to go and not give you every chapter and every verse for everything. Is that okay? Can y'all? Can y'all go with me? Okay. So that's what that's what I'm going to attempt to do. We've got. We got a whole a whole month's revival to happen in two days, and we or one day two services. But I believe we can do it. How many believe we can do it? So you see, the first thing, the first thing that you see in this whole 
story of the children of Israel, uh, the family of Jacob. It was be, it's easier to understand it that way. When they go down into Egypt, they're just a family, just uh, just boys, just just their family, some extended family. They, they go down in one little small group. Uh, they, they're not a large group. They're a, literally a family, like a, going on a family excursion. It's just a small amount of people that go down into Egypt. Now, 400 years later, 400 years later, they are, they are a people group of millions. Theologians differ on their opinions, somewhere between two and three million people. I don't know, have no idea. There's, I, I don't know if there's any way to truly quantify it. Uh, to be exact, you can just you can do the hypothesis and you can figure out you know, how it could be if you had two kids and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. A lot of people happens in 400 years. And so they're, they're, they're there. But at this point, there has arisen a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. Joseph being one of the sons of Jacob who had went down through a long and difficult road all again, he was going there. He had no idea why he was being drugged through every difficult situation possible, but God was putting him in position to preserve his people because it's always about his people. And so he takes him there and he puts him in position not just to preserve the Egyptian economy, but he is there to sustain the promise that he had given Abraham. Abraham... I'm going to bless you, and in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. Your seed will be like the stars of the heaven, the sands of the sea. It's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. But now they're at a point of extinction because they're dying of starvation. There, there's nothing, but God's got Joseph in place, and his boys go down. Y'all know that story. They go down there, and they're there, and, and, and life happens, and, and now 400 years has passed, and in this 400 years, a lot of things has happened there. They're now in Goshen. They have an identity. They, they, they're there. They're, they're strangers in a land that has been theirs for 400 years. They have been assimilated into the Egyptian culture. Even our central figure in our text today, Moses, had become the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was, he was the, uh, the, the grandson of, of Pharaoh. He was, he was a, a man of, of a dual uh, identity. He was a man that knew what it was like to live in the palace, but he was also very uh, understanding of what it was like to be a Hebrew boy in Goshen. And these, these things are all happening. It's very complex. You think our life is complex today. Their life was complex in that day. And it got worse because this Pharaoh that arose that knew not Joseph decided that the, that the descendants of Jacob were about to overtake them. And he was right. And so he decided the answer was to kill all the firstborn. And all this stuff happens. And so we enter into what is, what is for the sake of this message, is this dimension of not enough. Not enough. So Pharaoh is beginning to look at them and what had been a friendly coexistence now becomes one of, of confrontation. It's now something that they're, they're in opposition to each other. There's no longer trust. There's no longer partnership. There's no longer uh, things that are working together. They are now starting to work uh, against each other. They're, they're, they're starting to uh, separate. They're starting to, uh, the, the, the fissures in the relationship is starting to show up because the pressure that's being put on. There's no, there's no relationship 
between the leader uh, at present and, and uh, the, the, the powers that be in the Hebrew community. And so it, it's, it's, it's an issue. It's a problem. And so they, they're enslaving them. They're forcing them to work. And, and it's never enough. They just continue on. They just make it worse. It's, you, it's not just bad enough that you're going to have to be an indentured servant, but now you gotta, you got to take care of yourself. you got to go get the break, and you gotta, you got to get the ingredients. You go get your own straw. You go get your own clay. And it just goes on and on and on. It continues to get worse and worse and worse, which is very indicative of how our life is whenever we're living outside of God. When we're living in a world of sin and we are, we're in the clutches of Egypt, can I, can I say it that way? And you understand what I'm talking about. We're out there. We're not in the house and we're not, we're not in the grace and the mercy. We're not living in the realm of God's uh, uh, mercy. We're living out there somewhere in a situation that's not, not perfect. It's in, a, it's in a sinful world. Guess what? The devil will pull you in. He will attract you. It'll make you think that you're doing the best thing. But I'm going to tell you, when it's all said and done, he's not going to be happy with just getting you involved in a world that's fun and games. Those things all have other elements that's going to get into your life and get into your thoughts and get into your habits and get into the makeup of who you are. And then they start dragging you down. It's all smiles and it's all fun and it's all happy and it's all joy and it's all party atmosphere. But when it's all said and done, the enemy has his claws, his talons in you, and it becomes uh, an enslavement. Uh, can I tell you, somebody said when we go to church, uh, if you go to that, that Bakersfield church, uh, you're going to get over there and there's going to be all kinds of rules of do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs and ups and downs. Uh, let me tell you something. This is freedom. Uh, what they have out there is enslavement. They will appeal to you. They will appeal to you to say, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, and, and if you'll do it, you'll have fun. And so they get, their, they get their tentacles wrapped around you and they pull you into their world. And the next thing you know, it's not just a social drink. It's not just, it's not just a, 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 little, a, a little tipsy on a Friday night after a, an office party. But then it's getting worse and you become an alcoholic and you lose your family and you lose your kids and you lose your job and you lose your health because you're a slave to the elements of this world and this world is never satisfied. It's going to continue to pull you down, down, down. The dimension of never enough. It's not enough. He's never going to be satisfied. He's not going to be satisfied if you just take one small walk on the wrong side. He's not going to be happy for you just to, just to be a hypocrite on one weekend. He's not going to be happy. He's not going to be happy until he fulfills the will of Satan, and that is to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his whole purpose of existence, and he's looking to do it to you and to you and to you and to you and to me and all of us because he is absolutely not your friend, but he's smiling. He's transformed himself into an angel of light. And he's appealing to people. Every day people walk out of church and they think they're going for a better deal. But honey, I'm telling you what you're doing. You're getting the, you're getting the raw end of the deal. You're going to wake up one day and realize that it's never enough. It's not just good enough to walk out of the church. It's not good enough just to say no to God. It's not good enough just to sacrifice these things. He will always continually pull you down, 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 down. Does anybody say amen to what I'm preaching? Anybody remember what it was like in Egypt? Does anybody remember what it used to be like whenever you woke up on Monday morning and you were broke, busted, and disgusted? You woke up on Monday morning. You didn't know what happened that weekend. You don't know what happened to your money. You don't have a car. You don't have a house. You don't have a family. You don't have an identity. All you are is a slave to sin. Anybody remember that life? 
Sometimes we get so far removed from that world until we can't remember what it was like being there. But I'm going to tell you, I love to see it. I love to come to a church, a revival church, and I can see the people that, that they're, they're new and it's fresh and, and they have found new freedom and they have joy and he's given them happiness and he's given them peace and, and, and you can see them. They're the first ones on their feet. They're the first one to dance. They're the first one to shout. You know why? Because God's done something for them in a way they hadn't forgotten. But God forbid that those of us that's been around for a long time. God forbid that we forget where he brought us from. And this incredible journey in, in what Brother Cody Marks termed the Laurel story. Um, he, and I know he's an integral part of what God has done here over the years, Brother Marks, Cody Marks. And, and he, he was with us in 2016 for the entire year of 2016, I believe it was. He was 47 weeks out of 52. He was there. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you can do. If Cody Marks is in your church 47 weeks out of a year, it's either going to explode with growth or it's going to die. <laughs> because he is so driven. He's so passionate. And he's so anointed in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and our church, our church, it was literally, literally one night he pointed at me and I'm sitting on the platform. It was on the opposite side of this, but I'm sitting there just very much like pastor is right now. And he pointed his finger at me. He said, if you don't do it, God's going to move you and put somebody in here that will. I mean, that's kind of an eye-opener right there. You know, you're sitting there like, dude, I'm signing your checks, and you're saying that. But thank God for a man that's got enough of the anointing and the glory and the power that'll stand up and say, it's go time. So, you know, and, and, and so we, we lost it. So in this Laurel story that's been unfolding, one of the incredible things is to see is this 150 new people that, that come from a denominal world. And I know here it's different. I don't know much about Bakersfield. This is my first visit. It, it's I like it. I mean, I, it just feels real good to me to be here. It's like it's, it feels like it's a marrying of, of of farming community and city. It's like you have the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, that's kind of the way it feels to me. And I've only been here a few hours, but it it, it feels it feels good like that. And 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 so uh, we have we have the rural uh, farming, but no city. Where I'm from, there's no there's no city. Uh, we have one we have one restaurant that is a chain. It's called it's Applebee's. And they have a they have the franchise, and so if you if they want to be nice to you, they will. If they don't want to be nice to you, they won't because they, they have no competition. Um, or you can go across the street to McDonald's. You know it don't matter to them. They really don't care. So it's not. But here you have you have you have this this whatever. And and I don't know if you have a lot of churches. I haven't been around the city enough to know if you have a lot of churches. But in our world, there's a lot of churches. I mean, there's 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 more churches almost than there are people. Really, I'm not I'm not. Exaggerate for those of you that travel back south. It's like on every corner, every prominent place. There's there's a building with a steeple on it. You just it's there. You, you know you just go and you see it. And it's churches this kind, that kind, the other kind. And so one of the one of the issues that we have whenever we do uh, when we're reaching out to our community and we get people interested in, in coming, we have to unsave them before they can get saved. Does that make sense? You understand that terminology? We have to. I mean, there's everybody, everybody, everybody. You know, it's it, you know they either got they got a Bible. A 12-gauge and their work boots in their truck at all times. Anybody identify what I'm talking about? That's just, it. That's just the way it is. And, 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 and they're, they're very, they're, they can use all of them, and they do. But it's, it's, it's just that world. And so, so these people, this 150 people that came to us, they didn't, they didn't come uh, in a traditional way. When they came in, they were coming in because their church was not having church, and they wanted to go to church. 
They were not dissatisfied with their church. They just was wanting to go to church, and there was no church to be had where they normally attended. So they came. Well, you know what Brother Phillips is like. Brother Phillips was preaching for us. We started revival. Uh, I believe it was Pentecost Sunday 2020. That was right in the, the, the pandemic was really getting crazy. Well, we, we closed for when we had to, and we opened up as soon as we could, and, and we didn't try to be crazy about it. We just was, we was respectful, and, and we'd done everything. I, I, just, I don't know. I don't look at anybody and say, well, y'all did it right, and y'all did it wrong, and I don't know. We just done what we had to do, but we were having as much church as possible. And so we were having church, and it was more than all the denominational churches. And so people started seeing cars in the parking lot, and they started driving up. They come to parking lot services. They join us online. They watch us do live feed. They, and these people started coming, and they're coming. And then all of a sudden, I had a man, and he's still in our church today, 37 years a deacon at a large Baptist church on our side of town. And he had been a deacon for 37 years. He was chairman of the board of deacons. He told me, he said, I didn't know this kind of church existed. And in, and, in the, and in the extraction from that dimension of not enough to the dimension of just enough, he gets, he gets, he gets addicted. Y'all understand that? How many remember coming to this church for the first time and you're like, wow. You're like, man. I don't know if it was Brother Terry or Brother Frost or, or Brother Bradford. I don't know. But I, I just know these men are all preachers. Can you, imagine, can, you, can you imagine what it was like for these people to come out of these nominal churches where it's, it's, it's dead or 3 o'clock in the morning and they walk in there and Jacob Phillips is doing what Jacob Phillips does? He's like a spider monkey on Mountain Dew. I mean, he just. In a pair of Crocs. <laughs> I mean, he's country for Mississippi, Okay. But he, it, and, and so these people, but the, these people are like, wow, this is refreshing. I like this. I used to fall asleep in church, but not here. I mean, they're taking their mask off and shouting hallelujah. That's revival for a Baptist. No disrespect to the Baptist. I'm just saying they, they don't know. A lot of times people don't know there's options. They don't think they, they have, it's a 400-year process. They think that life is supposed to be building bricks and gathering mud and gathering straw for the Egyptians. They don't know they have an identity. They don't know they have an option. And that's the problem with all the people, the half a million people that's in the greater Bakersfield area. They don't know about this or they would be in this. Not everybody, but a larger percentage than you think. You think people don't want this. People just don't know about this. That's why you need to sign up for outreach whenever they do it. That's why I'm not here, I'm not here to set policy, but I can tell you how our world is. This, is. this is the way it is in our world. Outreach is not an event at the Rock Church in Laurel, Mississippi. It's not an event. It's, it's not an event. It is a way of life. We do have special days that we do it and we go and we target certain places and certain areas with certain things. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you, we do not look at, we do not schedule outreach as an event. It is a way of life for our church because what God has revealed to us over the last two and a half years is if we can live it in front of them, if we can share it in front of them, they want it. They just don't know that it exists. And this, and this, and this just enough Moving from not enough to just enough, this gentleman who is he was 37 years deacon, his family part of the seminal roots of, of the church, and, and, and he, 
he, he, he tells, this is his story. He said, I get up on Sunday morning, and he said, I get dressed, and now church is starting to open back on Sunday morning alone. And, and, and he, he starts to leave out of his driveway. He's pulling out of his driveway, and if he turns to the right, it's going to take him to the rock church. If he turns left, it's going to take him to his old church that he's been a part of for, um, for more than 40 years. He, he, he's got a choice. He said, his words, his words is this. He said, on Sunday mornings, he said, I would be pulling my steering wheel to turn left to go to my old church. He said, all of a sudden, I could almost like literally, he said, I don't know if it was my heart. I don't know if it was my mind. I don't know if it was God. He said, but it was like my old truck didn't want to turn left. It only wanted to turn right and go to the rock church. We have my phone's laying over there. That that phone, uh, I, I think it was that phone. May have been the one before that. But a, a phone we had a I had a uh, a cup holder. This is how technically advanced we were. I had a cup holder phone holder. You know what I mean? You put it in the cup holder of your in your vehicle, and it holds your phone in place so it don't fall into the seat. And and, and we had that. And we put it on a little music stand like the one like that. Not that nice, but we had one, and we put it out there. And that, that was how that's how we moved into the online world talking about just enough. That's how we moved into that world. We, we didn't have no way. We didn't, we didn't live stream. We didn't have anything like that. We didn't know about that. I, I was a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. I, did, I, I, don't, I, I, just, and I don't fully understand every bit about it still. But, you know, what do you do? We, you, you're trying to reach a world, and, and you're there, and you, you have no access to them. And so, you know, we're streaming this on the social media platforms, and, and I'm, I'm still not sure about what to do. One Sunday night, now we're starting back in the building, and one Sunday night, there was three ladies that come, and it was right over on this section of our church, right in this area. There's three ladies, and I'm like, do anybody know? Y'all know? Anybody know them? No? Because, I mean, you know, pretty much when you have that few people, you know, you pretty much know. Everybody. Somebody knows somebody. It's not, it's not like people don't know each other. There's only 70,000 people in the whole county. So you're going to, good chance somebody in that group of 350, 400 people is going to know them. But nobody knows who they are. And so, Brother Phillips is preaching. They come down. 15 minutes, they're laying on the floor talking in tongues. Just like that. I don't have a better story, but that's how it happened. We don't know who they are. We don't know how they got there. We don't know where they're from. And, and, and so, so, finally, after a little bit, they're getting up and, and they're there. And they're telling you, you know, you can see that their life is not a life that's been, they, they didn't have to get unsaved. And so, I, I, I talked to the one that seemed to be kind of the leader of the pack, and I said, ma'am, how, how did you find out about us? How did you get here? What brought you here? She said, Facebook Live. I said, Facebook Live? She said, yes, we, we found you guys on Facebook Live. We've been watching your services on Facebook Live, and we live in a town about 25 miles away, and we decided we was going to come visit. And they all forget the Holy Ghost. First visit, just like that. So, you know how we are as leaders, we just take, we seize the moment. You know, when the opportunity presents itself, Bishop Wilson says, opportunity only has hair on the front of its head. Y'all know I'm not opportunity. <laughs> opportunity only has hair on the front of its head. If it goes past, it don't have, so you got to get it while it's coming. So, I see the opportunity. I'm saying there's three people that just received the Holy Ghost, and they're there, and they all said Facebook Live is how they got to our church. They didn't know about our church. Otherwise, they, they got there that way. And so, I, I say, I, I know it's not in our budget. But we're going to ditch the cell phones. We're going to get a camera system, and we're going to start out. That was really basic. It was like $15,000 to get the bare necessities to start streaming. And, and so that's, that's, I said, we're going to do it. I said, we don't have that $15,000, $16,000, whatever it is, in, in our budget to do it, 
but I'm going to order it in the morning by faith. I believe God will make a way. Now, we're, we're coming out of the pandemic. We just built a new, uh, I can't even remember the square footage. I didn't know. It's like 38,000 square feet facility in, a, in our building. And, and I, I'm, I'm, we don't even know how we're going to pay the, pay the mortgage. And I'm scared out of my mind. I ain't got, I ain't have $16,000 to buy cameras and a computer to live stream. But I've got three people that's just still standing there. Their tears still not even dry on their face. And they got the Holy Ghost. And it happened because Facebook Live. So I said, you know, we're going we're gonna to do this. So I said it in the microphone. You know, when you feel it, you almost got to gotta declare it. Because if you don't, the devil will talk you out of it. Tonight, whenever you're holding that card in your hand and you're going to be listening to two voices, you're going to be listening to the voice of faith, you're going to be listening to the voice of doubt, you better learn how to shut doubt out or you're always going to live in the dimension of just enough. You'll never have more than what you have until you can let go of what you got. Did you get that? No, really, did you get what I just said? You will never have any more than you got until you're willing to let go of what you got. We'll talk about that more. So... So here we are. We're, I'm making this statement. I'm, I'm like, you ever been there, Brother Beverly? You're, you're saying something, and it's like you're, you're kind of out of body, and you're looking back, and you said, dude, you just said you're going to spend $16,000, and you ain't got that $16,000. What are you doing? You're crazy. You lost your mind. You're up here speaking stuff by faith. And I just, I just have to close that out of my mind, and I say it. And so afterwards, the guy whose truck turns right instead of left, he meets me in the foyer. He said, Pastor, did you mean what you said? I'm like, what do you mean did I mean what I said? He said about the, about the, the cameras and stuff. I said, I did. He said, I like that. we got to have faith. I'm like, I don't really know much about this guy or anything about his situation. I don't even know if he's going to be back Sunday. I don't know which way his truck's going to turn. I, obviously, he didn't know. So <laughs> I ordered them Monday morning. I, I swiped a credit card on uh, whatever. I got so it's, you know, it's, it's in the works. Sunday comes in. Uh, Sunday comes around. And I'm looking, you know, and he's not there. And I'm like, ah, you know, the, guy, the one guy that's got any faith with me don't show up. And about that time, one of, one of my, the young men that uh, uh, is, a, we do the cadet thing. And so he, he comes up to me and says, Pastor, there's somebody in the, in the foyer that wants to speak to you. I'm like, really? I said, church is starting. And I, I said, I, I don't, I didn't know who it was. I said, I, church is starting. It's kind of hard for me to leave right, right in the middle of church. I said, is it, some, is it is somebody that really needs to see me? Is it a real situation or is somebody wants money to pay their light bill? I, what, do you, what do they want me for? And he, he's like, well, it's, it's the, and he described the man to me, and I said, okay. And so I, I walk off the platform, and I go outside, and I go into the foyer. When I get there, he looks at me, and he said, did you do what you said you were going to do? I'm like, the cameras? He's like, yeah. I said, I did. He said, good. He reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out an envelope, and he hands it to me turns around, walks out the door, and goes gets in that truck that has a mind of its own and goes to the Baptist church. And I'm standing here holding this envelope. So I go, I go, I, I, I mean, church is going on. It started. And, and so I just go in, and, and as I walk by, I walk in my secretary's office, and I just drop, I, could, I you know, I felt like there was money in it, but I didn't really know. So I just dropped it on her desk and, and walked on in the service. And we had church, and it was good church. And uh, afterward, we're, I'm still in the sanctuary, and my phone buzzes, and I open my phone, and it was a text from my secretary. She said, there's a blank envelope on my desk with money in it. Do you know anything about it? I said, yeah, I put it there. She said, well, you know, what? can you give me some details? I'm like, I, it's just an, it's an offering, I'm assuming, for the media stuff that we're talking about doing. And she said, no, you might need to come to the office. I'm like, okay. 
That felt sounded pretty good. Sounded like potential. So I go to the office, and she's got there's hundred dollar bills just fanned out all across there. She said there's sixteen thousand dollars in cash laying on this desk right here. Who gave it? I told her who gave it. He's not even in the church. He's down the under somewhere at the other church. His, church, his truck turned left. But he, he put in our hands what we needed to do what we were doing. That's fun. That's fun. That's a miracle. But I'm going to tell you, you can, you, can, you can want to live that way if you want to, but I prefer not to have the ulcers. I prefer not to have the anxiety. I prefer not to have that stress. I'd like to be able just to write the check. Come on now. Stay with me. Don't, don't think I'm being sacrilegious right here. I'm, I'm not being upset that we are living in a dimension of just enough. I'm happy that we're living in a dimension of just enough. But here's the problem. They were out there. They left. They go through the Red Sea. I don't have time to preach all the details of this. So you're just going to get the, the very top level. So they're, they're, they're across the Red Sea. They're into, the, they're into this place. And, and they're, they're, they're in a world that they're, that's foreign to them. It's just a two, three-week journey. It's not, it's not long. It's not, it's not a long time. So God says, i got a plan to get you from, from Egypt to the land of promise. So it's going to be a short period of time. It's, it's, it's just a few really measured in days. Days journey from here to there. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you manna. I'm going to rain food into the front of your tent. I cannot tell you how many times I've preached that and shouted about it. But it's just like getting the $16,000 from a stranger to pay for the for the cameras for our live stream. We shouldn't have had to have a stranger walk in and give us $16,000. It should have already been coming from the people that are sitting on the pews. Is anybody here with me right now? It's not, it's not the will of God that we live in the dimension of just enough. Manna. Somebody walked out, they threw the tent flat back, and they go, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? Well, it's food, dummy. Eat it. You just, get, just gather it and eat it. And so they get it. And here's how limited it was. They could only get enough for the day. How many of you like to go to your cupboard and get out just enough to make your last meal? That's a dimension of just enough. It's where the widow woman lived at the end of the three and a half year drought that was prophesied against Ahab and Jezebel. Just enough for one more cake. That's stressful. That's difficult. That's hard. I don't want to live in that dimension. It might be a temporary situation, and it was for her too. Because if you listen to the words of the promise, Elisha told her, he said, the cruise of all will not fail, and the meal barrel will not go dry. Or ever had, I may have that backwards. But it's, you'll have enough for one more cake until... Go read it if you don't think I'm telling you the truth. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Because once the miracle is, is no longer needed, you're going to have to go back to work and get the bread by the sweat of your brow. So he's got this thing. I'm going to feed you manna. I'm going to have a rock that's going to gush water. I'm going to, I'm going to let your clothes not wear out. Now, if any of you have shouted about their shoes not wearing out for 40 years, you're a hypocrite. Because you don't go four weeks without, if you're a lady, without getting a new pair of shoes. I'm pretty sure of that. The most dangerous place in my house is my wife's shoe closet. 
between those pointy toes and those sharp heels, I can get dead. There, I mean, I... I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I like shoes too. But the, 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 the point being, you can't get excited about a pair of shoes. At some point, you're going to wake up and say, I'm sick and tired of this same old shoe. But we don't get sick and tired of it at church. We come to midweek and we come to Sunday morning and we come to Sunday night and we never get tired of the same old, same old. We just accept it. It's just the way it's got to be. It is not the will of God just to have good church. It's not good enough to shout over having enough money to pay your mortgage. It's not, it's not, it's not shouting material that you didn't get your electricity turned off this month. But we're using up all of our faith just to do the temporal mundane things of life. Am I, am I, am I being too rough? Am I going too hard? Am I, am, am I, am I calling you out too publicly? But here's the thing. God's trying to transition you to a place. It's a promise. It's a promised land. All you have to do, God is promising us dominion, not in a weird way, but in a true biblical sense. You should have dominion. He said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be the lender, not the borrower. He, all these things are in the word. They're just in there just like Acts 2.38. He said, I would that you would prosper and be in health. You want to know the will of God. People spend so much time. I think the number one question I get is the pastor is, what, what, Pastor, what do you think the will of God for me is? I got to, have you ever, you ever, you ever get one of those automatic responses to a question you know you, you call somewhere and they get an answer machine you get an automatic response or you send a text and you get an automatic response sorry right now I'm driving I can't take your call or whatever you get that I got an automatic response for what is the will of God for my life I would that you would prosper and be unhealthy even as your soul prospers but I, no 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 that's it that is the answer that is the will of God that is the express will of God. That is the perfect will of God, is that you prosper as your soul prospers. God wants you to have health, and he wants you to have the things in life that you need, not so you can be rich, but that the kingdom of God might be thoroughly and completely and totally furnished where we don't have to wait on a random stranger to come in and pay the bills for what's going on in our church. It is not the will of God for us to eat Egypt's corn all the time. There comes a point whenever you go and you take your own land and you have your own cornfields and you have your own economy and you have your own world. You don't have to depend on what Egypt is provided. Jacob, get up and go to your land of promise. I have decreed it. It's going to happen. All you got to do is go possess it. That's the dimension of more than enough. My God is, the old song says, my God is more than enough. If you're not living in that realm, then I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to judge you, but I'm just telling you, you might need to check something if you're not living in that dimension where everything you need, God is that. God is there. He is, uh, he is my provider. He is everything that I need. There is, there is nothing that I don't, that I, I, I ever need that God don't make a way for me. But I'm telling you, the more I understand this, these three dimensions, you get to pick which one of those dimensions you want to live in. Because God created you with a will, and he's not going to violate that will. He's not going to make you go to the land of promise. He's not going to make you crawl into that realm and, and, and eat out of fields you didn't plant and to, and to reap out of vineyards you didn't plant. He's not going to make you live in houses that you didn't build. He's not going to make you live in cities that you didn't, you didn't create. He will let you continue to wallow in your just enough or worse yet what happens when people continue to live in that dimension of just enough they start getting dissatisfied 
This is what happened. This is what happened. They started looking back over their shoulders. They said, can you imagine them saying this? They said, would to God we have died in Egypt. How do you say that? I thought it was the craziest thing. But I had a person not long ago tell me, the only time I ever remember being happy was when I was drunk. I'm like, what did you just say? Well, how did that just come out of your mouth? I'm going to tell you how it came out of their mouth. It's because they had got used to living in the dimension of just enough, and they were frustrated in that dimension. They were frustrated with just having enough. They come to church on Sunday night, and it's everything they can do just to hang on to Wednesday. And then they get enough a little bit on Wednesday night, and they get a little bit pepped up on Wednesday night, and they barely skate through to Sunday morning, and they get renewed again. Let me tell you, that is not the way God wants his people to live. He wants you to live in abundance. He wants you to live in more than enough, more than enough. Enough, more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Not just getting by. And certainly not in that dimension where the adversary is stripping you of everything. Everything, just stripping it. Every valuable you have, everything you'll ever have, every gift. He takes it away from me. Takes it. It's the it's the reverse. It's the reverse of the scripture. He said, I'll give you beauty for ashes. Can I tell you? The adversary goes the other direction. He'll give you ashes for your beauty. I'm not trying to be a comedian here, but out of the mouth of babes, one of these new guys in our church, in his way, it was, it was, his, it was how God revealed to him. He's standing there in his boots and his, and his wranglers. Got his thumbs hooked in his, his belt. Pretty sure the belt had his name on the back of it. He's standing there. He said, I'm going to tell you what it's like being at the rock. I'm like, all right, let's hear it. He said, it's like a country music song played backwards. I'm like, wait a minute. I, was, I went back. You know, they come through. Well, they were playing rock and roll records backwards, and it was whatever. I don't even remember what they said. Backmasking, that's it. There was a preacher come through there, and he and, I mean, you don't have to play it backwards. Playing it forwards is bad enough. I mean, you don't have to play it backwards. And he's like, if you listen to this deaf leopard backwards, you're going to get a bad message. I'm like, dude, you're getting a bad message playing it forward. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's just me. I'm just too simple. So he said, so I'm th I'm, that's my mindset, what he said. It's like a country music. And I'm thinking like, what? so I, I just asked. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, in, in the... In a country song, you know, it starts out like this. You know, you lose your wife or your girlfriend. You lose your truck. You lose your dog. And he said, he said but whenever I come to the rock church, he said, I got my dog back. I got my truck back. I got my wife back. Hey, that's more than enough. Because what the devil stole from you, God wants to give it back to you. I'm here to preach you out of your down and trying to get you into the up and get you moving in the direction where you can be blessed more than you even think you're blessed. This is a blessed church. I can look around and tell you're blessed, but I'm going to tell you there's another dimension that you can go to. There's another place you can go to. There's a way that you can go beyond this. 
Thank God for a church that's affected world missions for over almost 80 years now. Thank God for a church that sponsored every missionary in the Pentecostal world. Thank God for that. But I'm going to tell you, there's more missionaries that need to be sponsored now. There's people out there that wants to go be a missionary, but they don't have a path forward. You know, you can be that path forward. If you can get out of your dimension of just enough and get to where you can let them live in your overflow. I, I'm, I was not going to tell this until tonight, but I'm going to tell you on the way here. I had I, on the way to the airport. I, one of the one of the men called me. He said, "He said, Pastor, I know you're going out there to to do the the, the legacy offering in in Beckersville. He didn't know that. He didn't know. He didn't give me those details, but that's what he meant. And and he said, I wanted you to I want you to tell uh, this this story. And and uh, he and I said, okay, I'll, I'll I'll tell it. And this and I'm going to tell you the really condensed version. I may tell more of his story tonight. But he said, he said, and it's a multi-million dollar business, 150 employees. This is a brand new guy. Just come in, gets a Holy Ghost, laid out, slain in the spirit. He has no idea. He, he don't know anything about the apostolic way of life. But he told me when I, we had a church service, and I'm going to tell you, I'm sure y'all have them around here. And we have chairs. We don't have pews. And you, know, you can always tell by the chairs how good a church was. You come in there on Monday morning and the church, the the pews, uh, the chairs are all helter skelter. You're like, hmm, that's a pretty good church there. Used to you could pick up uh, bobby pins, but we don't do that no more. But chairs are everywhere. Well, it was one of those kind of Sunday nights. I mean, chairs getting turned over, people just, I mean, crazy stuff. And I'm looking at this guy because he he's 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 a part owner of a multi million dollar company, and you know me, I'm just a human. And I'm thinking, we're going to run this guy off. You know, this, this guy, this business guy is not going to be in this church where everybody's acting completely crazy. So the next day came by the church, and I seen his vehicle. And so I stepped out the back door of my office into, we have a little alley behind. And I stepped out there. I said, hey, bud, how you doing? He said, I'm good. I said, last night wasn't a little crazy for you, was he? He said, no, I loved it. And I'm like, hmm, Okay. Hey, we got something going on. I really loved it too, but I was afraid he wouldn't like it. He said, "Oh no, it's good." I said, "Well, man, you know, you just never know. I, you know, it's, it's kind of how things go." He looked at me, and here's a guy that he, he when I, when I tell you, it's millions and millions of dollars, not hundreds of thousands, millions and millions of dollars. They build roads, bridges. He looked at me, and he said, "I don't care if somebody whips out a pocket rocket and goes out through the ceiling." I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I'm staying for that. <laughs> but that's how, that's how hungry people are for a real experience in the Holy Ghost. This guy tells me this. He said, he said, God gave, and this is, again, this is a guy's been in church at this point a year and a half, and he only had the Holy Ghost about a year. But he's been coming to church, radically changed his lifestyle, everything about his life. And he's there, and he's, 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 he's bidding jobs. He's bidding these jobs, these millions and millions of dollars he's bidding these jobs. And he says, is this okay? Y'all okay? Y'all aren't bored yet? I'll quit when y'all get bored. If y'all start yawning, I'm done. So if, that's the cue. If you start yawning, I'll quit. And if I yawn, it's, it's, it's really over. So he says to me, he said, I was sitting there, and he said, I was looking at what happened before I came to the rock, and I'm looking at what started happening since I come to the rock. 
He said, I was looking at a pattern. He said, we'd bid 10 jobs and get one. He said, now we're bidding 10 jobs and missing one. He said, we used to only get one out of 10 that we bid. Now we're getting nine out of 10. The script has completely flipped. We're not living in the not enough or just enough dimension. We're living in the more than enough. He said, my problem now is hiring enough people. He said, I used to have to worry about payroll. He said, now I have to worry about somebody to pay. And that's a radical change. But here's his thought process. He said, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this. And he said, we're not even, it was like the bid on this land, no, no competition. He said, there, there's, there's jobs that are 8, 10, 15, 20 million dollars that nobody is bidding against them. And so the people are telling them, you don't have no competition. We just need you to do the work. You're here. You can do it. You're honest. You do it right. We want you to do it. You're not even going to you're not even gonna have to compete anymore. And we don't care. And he, and he said, they start telling him, there's more money here than that. You know, you're bidding, but you can, there, there's more money that's allocated for this. You know? And so this is what he started doing. He started adding a line item to every one of his bid, internally, obviously, for the kingdom of God. I know that's radical thinking, but this is how you get into that dimension of more than enough. Because now, now he's like, he said, I, under, I get it. I understand how business leaders are looking. They're looking at the profit margin. And they're like, we got to bid so much. This is the percentage points. These are the markers we got to hit. If we don't hit this, it's not going to fit our business model. And we're, and we're not going to be able to make it. We can't pay it. He said, whenever you do it this way, whenever you put God in the process first. Oh, I feel like shouting right now. Some of you need to start putting God in the process first. Because God's going to take your business If somebody had a little faith right now, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're digging ditches or if you have some kind of aerospace technology business. It does not matter. God can take whatever you got and he can turn it into a kingdom difference making. It's all about his people. It's all about reconciliation of his people. God wants revival all over the world, not just in Bakersfield, California. God don't just want revival in Laurel. God wants revival in every little hamlet, in every big city, in every foreign way, every place around the world. I look and I see, I see the, I see the motorcycle thing. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, this is a forward-thinking church. Uh, you need to keep thinking forward. Come on, keep setting the standard. Uh, I'm challenging you, Greater Bakersfield. Set the bar a little bit higher. Let's take it to a new level tonight. Show the apostolic world what it's like for God uh, to bless you in an unlimited kind of way. It's, it's, it's like Jeff Arnold said a long time ago. He was in a hospital room, and they had, he had a long-standing church member there dying of cancer, and the doctor comes in, and, and the, doctor, the doctor realizes he's a pastor and asks him to step out into the hall. And he steps out into the hall, and he tells Brother Arnold, he says, the only thing this man has left is God. Brother Arnold, in his message, he said something came all over him. And he said he heard himself looking at that doctor saying, Sir, if you don't mind, would you use a capital G when you say God? 
At least give him that much credit. What do you mean all he's got left is God? Just tell me how much more he needs. And we leave God in the healing capacity. And we leave God in, in the way-making capacity. But I'm going to tell you, God is in the same God in finances. Uh, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, God don't need your money, but you need God's blessing. You don't need just God's blessing. You need God's favor. I'm interested in going beyond the blessing and getting into that dimension of more than enough. Does anybody want to go there with me? Is there anybody in Bakersfield, California that says, I will be that guy. I will be that woman. I'll be that person. We'll be that church. Come on, I'm appealing to you now. You've been a great church for 80 years. It's time to step it up. It's time to take the legacy of I.H. Terry and, and Leon Frost and, and let this bishop that you have now, Brother Bradford, this pastor you have now, and Brother Peyton Bradford that you have now, let these men lead you to a dimension that you never even thought you could do. I know, I feel it. I feel you trying to get up over that hump with me. You're, you're trying to crawl up there, but there's a little hesitancy. You just don't understand, Brother Rowley. You don't understand my limitation. You don't understand that I, I'm not educated in, and, and I, don't have, I don't have bulldozers and backhoes and trucks. I don't have that. I can't do that. I, that's, there's, there's, there's not that ability there. Oh, yes, honey, there is ability there. If you've got breath in your body and you've got faith in your spirit, uh, there is potential there. Would, 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 I would that you would prosper. There is potential in who you are and what you are. God can take. Come on, why don't we just go ahead and have Sunday night on Sunday morning right here. I'm, I'm done, but let me just get you up. I want to get you out. I want you to get it. I want you to, hey, in your praise, in your praise, you're going to possess this understanding. In your worship, you're going to grasp this concept. You don't have to live in the dimension of just enough. Just like I'm assuming that most of the people in here have, have exited the dimension of not enough. You came out of the world, repented, got baptized in Jesus' name, been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, living the good life. Don't let the devil ever tell you this is not the best life. It's such a lie the devil said, oh, you need to remember what it was like in Egypt. You had leeks and you had onions. What in the world is the devil talking about? I mean, he don't even have a good argument. We had melons, we had onions, we had, come on. If you're going to tempt me, tempt me with a ribeye. Tempt me with filet mignon. Don't tempt me with a stinking old onion. Good gracious devil, your story needs to be better than that. But that's what people are doing. They're buying into that story. I'm going to go back to Egypt so I can get me some onions. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all nasty. It's all stinky. It's all, and I, don't, I, I like onions, okay. I'm just telling you, that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to go back to that dimension. Let me tell you something, honey. It's better here. It's better here. It's the best life here. If I'm having to convince you of that, you need to come back here and let us lay hands on you again. You need a fresh anointing. This is the best life. No comparison. My best day in sin don't even compare to the deadest, dullest, most boring Wednesday night Bible study. Because while I'm sitting there and I'm having to keep my eyes rubbed and keep them open while pastor is imparting the word, 
I may be sleepy in my body, but I'm receiving. I'm, can, I, can I say it again? I'm eating it, saints. I'm just eating that word because I might be sleepy right now, but I'm going to be wide awake in the morning. And what I got while I was sleeping is going to give me power. But when you're out there in the world, you're not getting nothing but misery. I wish somebody believed what I'm preaching right now. Oh, I'm going to feel good on Saturday night. The more I drink, the better I'm going to feel. Yes, you're going to wake up, and you're not going to know what you did. You're not going to know who you did it to or not who you did it with. You're not going to know if you're in trouble. You don't know if the law is looking for you. you. And you got less money than you had. And your family's mad at you. And your kids don't know where you are. And you're not a good person. You're low because you have wasted the blessings of God. But I'm going to tell you, the blessings of God addeth no sorrow. You can come to church and get in the dimension of more than enough and dance on Monday morning because you didn't commit sin. And you didn't commit a crime. And you didn't do nothing bad. You didn't do nothing wrong. It was all good. There ain't no way, there ain't no way anybody out there has more fun than I do. I'm challenging them. You've you proved to me you're having more fun than I have. You ain't, you, ain't heard, you ain't heard one tiny drop of my stories, have they? They, 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 ain't, they ain't heard any of them yet. I mean, I got some good ones. I just tell y'all the little ones. I don't want to blow your mind. I just want to make a little small explosion. They're like a little firecracker. Tonight we're going we're gonna to light up. We're going to light the big bomb up tonight. I'm going to tell you stuff. You, you're going you're gonna to be sitting there. You're going to be like, my God, is this really real? Let me tell you something. I've got the facts. I got the people. If we have to, we can patch them in on a phone call, and they can give it to you out of their mouth. Because what I'm going to tell you is not a figment of our imagination. This isn't something that happened in a third world country. Well, it did happen in Mississippi. <laughs> You know what? You know what? I I kind of got a feel. Bakersfield kind of gets in California. They kind of get like a little bit. Y'all ain't having it though, are you? Come on, if you're real, if you if you're really from B Town, you ain't gonna let somebody from L.A. or San Francisco put down on you, are you? Ain't no way in the world. I'm gonna wear the big B right on my shirt. Bakersfield. Try eating that asphalt, Mr. L.A. You let Bakersfield shut down and a huge portion of the world is going to starve. Don't let the devil ever make you or anybody make you feel bad about being part of this community. This is a wonderful place. You're happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. And God loves this place. I'm not trying to start nothing, but I went I went to the LA area this year. I keep falling on something. It must be my feet. Y'all see me trip like 27 times. See, ain't nobody having no more fun than me. I was in Southern California this year. This year. This year. Had I had an offering. An offering. No pressure. I'm not gonna pressure you. If you think I'm if you're coming. 
I ain't coming tonight. That preacher's going to get up there and he's going to try to get me. No, 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 no. Not in a thousand years. If, you, if, you, if I can't show you the blessing and you see it for yourself, you don't need to be involved in it. We don't want you to be. I don't want, nobody's going to pressure you. But in Southern California, I received a million dollar offering. I went to Northern California. Is this true? London, is this true? Went to Northern California. In the pre-service meeting, I told, I told the team we were standing there, I said, I feel like we're going to get a million dollars tonight. Her dad went. He's, he's standing there. He's giving all the little deal. And he goes. You know why? Because eight years ago, you remember? You and your mom coming, and we had a Holy Ghost shout down over 24,000. We did that. But you know what? Because they caught the vision, every year it's doubled. Every single year, the same people, they're more blessed than they've ever been. They have greater, more, they have more than they've ever had because they're buying into this foolish, silly, crazy little Mississippi guy. And it's not really you buying into me. You understand that? You're buying into the message. You're buying into the truth. Here's how it is in Mississippi. We rank dead last in every statistical category. Go check it. I mean, it's really, we only rank number one in one thing. You want to know what it is? Obesity. That's right. We might be poor, but we fat. <laughs> we ain't eating cauliflower and tofu, honey. We're eating fat, thick bacon. <laughs> Real butter, whole milk. Come on. You... <laughs> Mississippi's ranked at the dead last, lowest income, lowest everything. But we got a church in Laurel, Mississippi that's rocking. People get more money than they know what to do with. I'm serious. I'm not lying to you. I, 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 had, I had a person tell me this week. He said, we done this job. We done this job, and they held 10% back the whole time. 10%, the whole job. We get to the end of the job. They call me and said, we're fixing to send you the check. Now, this is the end of the job. Go send you the check of the 10% hold back. He said it was $2.3 million. Hold back. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that, and I've done the calculation real quick. That's $20 million. $20 million. They've already paid all their help. They've already paid everything. He said it's, it's complete, over the top. It's the, it's the cherry on top of the, of the whipped cream. I mean, this don't even have to be there. I'm going to fall down in a minute. When I do, we're just going to lay there and kick. So he said, he's like, guess what? I said, what? He said, just get ready. He said, it's fixing to happen. We're fixing to do some big things at the Rock Church. We're going to affect, we're not going to keep it all in Laurel. We're going to bless missions. We're going to give around the world. We're going to give to home missions. The most fun I think I've ever had, brother, Bradford was writing a check. And you'd know if I called him, if he asked me, I'd tell you. I wrote a, an entire year's expenses for a home mission church that was starting up out on the West Coast. I said, tell me how much it costs for you to be in that building for a year. Now, you're, in, you're on the West Coast. Y'all got all the money. Y'all got all, y'all rank way up at the top, but y'all skinny. Mississippi, we rank at the bottom, but we fat. But tell me how much it's going to cost you to have church for a year. 
He gave me a number. I said, the check's in the mail from us poor Mississippians. But it ain't Mississippi, honey. It's being a part of the kingdom. It's being part of the kingdom. God's economy is not worried about demographics. God's economy is don't run off a location. It don't matter if you're a farming community, a logging community, or an oil field community, or a tech company, or anything. It does not matter. All that matters is if you're willing to transition from the dimension that you're in right now. Sad thing, sad thing, and we're fixing the same. I don't know how long I was supposed to preach. How long was I? Oh, my Lord. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure they don't pay by the hour. I'll probably do worse tonight, so. You know why? Because I get excited. Because I want you to have what I got. The only way what I have is going to benefit anybody is if I tell you about it. I don't, I'm, this, is not, this is not me trying to be bigger or better than you. This is me wanting you to have the same privilege and opportunity that we're enjoying. We're, we're, we're in this thing together. You're my brother. You're, you're my sister. I might be on the other coast, but I'm, I'm crazy about what God's doing here. I want to forever be woven into the fabric of what God has done in this, this incredible church. This is a legendary church. Don't let the legend die on our watch. Legends aren't built. They're not built and continued on the downturn. They're built on the increase. Who wants to be in that dimension of more than enough? Let me do it this way. I'm sorry for taking so long. I may never get to come back again. In this section, what is this section? What do y'all call this section? We do A, B, C, D, E, F. Funny story, A, B, C. C section is where all those new denominal people, that 150 that come from the denominal churches, they come out of the C section. Think about that. You'll get it in a minute. They're born, get it? Make sure. Just cut it open, ripped it out. You know what they did? They fired that pastor. That church where all the people came. They fired him. Too many people going to that rock church. You ain't doing a very good job. He's like, I'm the same pastor I've been for the last 18 years. He's like, you're out, bud. You're done. Another church? Was Their people was coming over. They're getting a revelation of being baptized in Jesus' name. One of their top guys came over and said, I want to get baptized Sunday night. I said, why not right now? It's Sunday morning. He said, well, I want, to, I want to have my friends come with me tonight. So he goes and he tells his pastor, I'm going to the rock church to get baptized in Jesus' name tonight. He said, why are you going to the rock church? He's like, because y'all don't baptize in Jesus' name. Y'all baptize in the Thomas He said, I didn't know you wanted to get me baptized in Jesus' name. So we got the denominal churches compromising. They're compromising to fit us. It's not going the other way. We're not saying, oh, you want to get baptized in the titles, we'll do it for you. We're making the other churches say, oh, to keep you, we'll do whatever you want. That's what happens when you get into that dimension of more than enough. So, so section A, B, C, D, E, F. Man. That's starting. That's at the, if you was getting a grade, that would be a bad grade. I'm going to get over here in section A. Section A. How many of you want to 
How many of you want to transition from where you are to a better place? So, but you, can I get you to just give me a hand so I'll know? I mean, if I don't get enough hands, I just keep preaching. You know, that's <laughs> section B. You want to transition? Section C. C section. There we go. F platform G section G G for go. What was that song you sung a while ago? Ain't gonna let Satan turn me around. I mean, you can sing that. Well, part of that's right. The part that's not right is me. What about the musicians? Y'all in? Y'all in? You do know you do know that it was musicians and singers that messed up heaven. I'm getting a little I'm getting a little dangerous right here right now. But I'm gonna just tell you something. We ain't gonna do that here. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna leave. This ain't about entertainment. And I know you know that. This ain't about entertainment. But I'm gonna tell you what, you you, you people can you can set the atmosphere in this sanctuary. You can set the atmosphere in this sanctuary. I, I'm I'm excited to hear a group and y'all are amazing. I I heard I heard somebody down here practicing last night. I mean I was trying to sleep, but hey, I was glad somebody was practicing. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't trying to sleep. But y'all got it together. Some y'all are great. You you really do know that. I'm telling you, y'all are really, really, really good. Really good. But here's let me tell you this. All of you too. Y'all are really good. You should you should thank them. You go to some of the churches I go to. Y'all sit there, and it, all right, I'm gonna preach. Y'all sit if they miss one little thing or they somebody misses their part. They're like, oh my God, what's going on with the praise team tonight? If you went to some of the places I went, you'd be just happy to have somebody up here. Y'all are amazing. Y'all really do great. But I'm going to challenge, I'm going to challenge this, I'm going to challenge you, okay? I want to challenge y'all not to just to be leaders in worship. I want you to be leaders in everything. At some, at some, and I believe you probably do, at some point, you need to leave that Nord and go down there and just throw down. Do you ever do that? You do? Okay. Can you do it right now? Come on. Y'all didn't think I was just going to let you go home, did you? an epic weekend. This is going to go down in history. You're going to put this on the back wall of the hall because we're going to change the world. Man, I feel something. I feel something. I feel something that's about to happen in this room. I feel something about to happen in this room. The power. He said these signs shall follow them that believe somebody's going to get it here. You're going to get it now. My God is more than enough. He can't supply all my needs. He is my answer die. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. God is more than enough. 
blessing to be upon me. I want your favor to be upon me. And not only me, I want you to touch my family. Praise God. I want the blessing to be upon my family and my home, but not only on me and not only my family and not only my home, but I want there to be an overflow that blesses somebody else. Come on, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and magnify him at the conclusion of this service. We want the blessing and favor and anointing of God to spread out and ripple out from where we are. Hallelujah. To be a blessing around those people that are near to us. We thank you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. Lift up your voice and praise him together. I thank you, Jesus, and praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. You know what's fascinating to me is he's not only talking about finances. He's talking about a mentality. He's talking about taking dominion. You know what our problem is? We got our head down thinking that we can only make it from week to week to week when we need to get our head up and say, you know what, we're in the kingdom of God and it's greater than any other kingdom. God, we're walking in the blessings of God, not the depression of a world. We're living in the outflow and favor of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So it's, it's not just about money. It's about a lifestyle. Amen. I've talked to some of you and you, you know, you got the ability and you know, you got the skills, but you can't sell yourself. You need to start saying, you know what? I don't need to sell myself because God is on my side. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to face things with confidence. I'm encouraged by the word and God's going to open doors and make things happen. Praise God because he's a big God. Hallelujah. I may feel insignificant, but I serve a significant God. I may be finite, but he's infinite in what he is able to do. Praise God. One more time before we leave, let's thank God for his goodness and his greatness and his blessing. Keep blessing. Praise God. Keep doing. Keep working. Keep showing us that you're great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's a lot wrapped up in that you could take the story and history of Brother Terry coming to this church and put it in that message. Brother Terry was living in not enough. He had a little building, he had a little group of people, but there was some people in it that was usurping authority. And he went out, he got so frustrated, he went out, he's living on just not enough. He started walking along the railroad tracks and God told him, if you want a church to be in this community, you go right back in there and you take control of that pulpit. 
And so he did. He walked right back to the pulpit and he told the man to sit down. And he said, if you don't sit down, I'm going to tell this congregation what you've been doing. And he took authority. And that was a milestone in the life of his ministry in his church because God said, you're living in the wrong dimension. Praise God. Praise God. I want to live in more than enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody. We'll see you tonight. 530 prayer service starts at six o'clock. We're going to expect God to do great things tonight. We're going to have a celebration of God's goodness. Amen. Have a great day.